Joining me now over the phone, we have Mr. John Delano, who is the politics and business editor at KDKA and also a professor at CMU. He's uh, been on the show a few times, and he is going to be leading an election analysis forum here at CalU at Everly Hall, and that's going to be the 11th at 7 p.m. John, what can we expect to see at this event? Well, first off, uh, Brian, it's great to be with you. I'm always happy to be on your show. Uh, this is a, going to be really an analysis with some expert analysts from around the country who are coming to uh, California University on Tuesday, November 11 at 7, as you mentioned, to really dissect what happened in the 2014 election. And uh, we'll also, no doubt, talk a little bit about what's going to happen in the presidential election that will start immediately the day after this election is over. Uh, but uh, the most of this is going to be a discussion of what happened in 2014, not just in Pennsylvania, but around the country. We uh, spend some time looking at the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate and the various governor's races. Obviously, there'll be a, <clears throat> a special focus on Pennsylvania, but again, it's an opportunity to bring some very fine people from various universities like Fordham and, and Emory and the like uh, here, along with some other people who are just very expert in their field. So I enjoy moderating it. I toss out the questions. Of course, I have an opinion or two as well. And it's lively. It's a lot of fun. And I hope you and a lot of folks who are listening uh, to this uh, will take a, an hour and come join us on Tuesday, November 11 at 7 p.m. Yeah, it really does have a, a great panel here. I'm, I'm looking at the information myself as we speak. And we do have uh, someone, uh, Lewis Jacobson, who's from Politics PA. That's definitely a very informative news source about politics in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so Lou's, been really around a long, Lou's been around a long time. He's a good friend. He's somebody who knows his politics. He really focuses on local and state politics as opposed to the national scene. Uh, but that's And that's why it's very helpful, because he can help us understand what's going on in particular states, and Pennsylvania is one of his uh, special states, so he's always a very uh, good participant in this program. We've done, I should say, uh, Dr. Melanie Bloomberg, the uh, uh, really an outstanding professor of political science and the director of the American Democracy Project at CalU. She really puts this all together, and we've done this uh, for the last uh, few years. This is not my first time uh, doing this, and it's a it's a great blast. We have a great time, and and uh, I think uh, the students do as well. We do a lot of Q and A with the students, so it's an opportunity for exchange with some really knowledgeable people. And just looking at, at what you're going to be talking about, what specific races do you think you will be zooming in on? What what races will have perhaps maybe a, an impact going forward uh, to affect other, other elections. Obviously, the governor's race could, could shape yeah. the Senate or, or things like that. But Well, I think well, the governor's race in Pennsylvania is obviously important to many uh, CalU students uh, who come from Pennsylvania. Uh, we've had tuition increases because there have been cutbacks at the state level. There will be an interest in knowing what is going to happen as a result of a new governor or perhaps a reelected governor. We won't... Uh, anticipate that until we see what happens. But obviously, uh, the role of the governor in education and higher ed is important, as well as in a whole lot of other issues that uh, we will focus on. But beyond the governor's race in Pennsylvania, I think uh, there'll be special attention paid to the United States Senate, 
which uh, a pickup of six seats by the Republicans will give them control of the U.S. Senate. A lot of people think they can win anywhere from five to eight, perhaps even nine Senate seats. So what does that mean? Well, when we meet on the 11th, of course, we may know the outcome, but then again, we may not, because Mm -hmm. it's really close. There are two Senate seats, one in Georgia and one in Louisiana, that allow for a a runoff election because there's a requirement that the winner get 50% of the vote. And we may not know uh, on either November 4th, the election day, or November 11th when we're meeting to talk who really does control the U.S. Senate. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun discussion if that's the case. We'll just have to see. In looking back at at the governor's race in specific, Tom Wolf has just kind of run away with this in the early stages, but as we get closer and closer to Election Day, the gap is dramatically narrowed. And what do you think has caused the his flip of control of this race, or what has caused Tom Corbett's reassurgence? Well, I think it remains to be seen whether Tom Corbett has picked up enough votes to win. There are no polls, none whatsoever, going into the you know the last. 48 hours before the election, there are no polls that suggest Tom Corbett is going to win this election. It does show the race a little closer, perhaps seven points, six, seven, eight points. Uh, What's happening, Brian, is that Republicans are returning home to the Republican candidate. In a lot of the polling that we saw up until now, perhaps as many as a quarter of Republicans were voting against Tom Corbett and for Tom Wolfe. And there's just no way a Republican in Pennsylvania can win losing that many Republican voters. And that, but that was what was happening. The more recent polls suggest that Corbett is getting back many, not all, but many of these Republicans. And that can help to make the race closer, but it will not deliver victory to him. The only way he can win is if Democrats and or some or most of the one million independents in Pennsylvania cast a vote for Corbett's, uh, Corbett's re-election. And as I say, there are no polls, none whatsoever, that suggest that's going to happen. That doesn't mean it won't. It just says, I'm just telling you what we know as of uh, this moment. Do you think the fact, just going back to Pennsylvania, he's an incumbent governor. That, that's got to give him at least some push and pull in, in this election. I mean, it, Pennsylvania sure. almost never never dumps the incumbent governor. Well, we have never dumped the incumbent governor since governors had the right to run for re-election back in 1970. Every incumbent governor over the last 40-plus years has won re-election. So if Tom Corbett loses, he would be the first. And there's even more of a historical pattern. Over the last 75 years, we have had eight years of a Republican and then eight years of a Democrat, eight years of a Republican, eight years of a Democrat. We've only had four years of a Republican. That tradition also will be broken, and that goes back to World War II if Tom Corbett loses. So uh, there's a lot of history that would suggest that Tom Corbett should win this. Uh, But I think people have been uh, so disaffected by him on a number of issues, including educational issues, that it's been very, very tough for him to claw his way back. Well, you bring up education, and we are obviously at a university. Do you think that debate has lost some steam? 
Well, I do think that there are other issues, of course, but I think that for many, many people, the educational issue is critical. People across Pennsylvania, parents, are paying more in taxes, property taxes, because school districts do not have and do not get the funding from the state that many people think they should be getting. And uh, obviously, if the school districts aren't getting the state funding, what do they do? They turn around and raise taxes on the people who live in their communities. And there's hardly anyone who can say, my property taxes, my school property taxes did not go up during Tom Corbett's first term. And so I think it resonates with with homeowners, with parents. Uh, It's a very real issue. And of course, many parents feel that that uh, it's not just the education of the children in public schools, but that the commitment of the state to higher education has been lacking. Uh, Tom Corbett can make an argument that he did not cut uh, funding for public schools because, frankly, it was the, the end of the Obama federal stimulus program that really made up that billion-dollar loss to the local schools. But he did cut, and he had the legislature cut funding for CalU and for other state institutions, including uh, the University of Pittsburgh and Penn State. All these institutions received less money than they had originally. And, of course, again, what happens when a local university doesn't get the money from the state that they are counting on? They have to either cut programs or they raise tuition. They well, they actually... They've they removed both. us. Yeah, they, they've removed 30 positions uh, just this past year yeah. here at California University. Is that right? So, that uh, yeah. yeah, so that they have felt the effects. And some of that had to do with uh, a drop in enrollment as well. But, but yeah, you can see the effects taking place right here on campus. But uh, looking at the education, and I, I worked in the state house when that went on, and, and I feel like the Republicans did not do a very good job of explaining. They kind of let the, the unions and the Democrats kind of control the debate on that issue. Mm-hmm. Because, I think uh, you're right. Looking at it. Certainly, uh, certainly on the issue of cutting public school education. Um, Corbett tries to blame Ed Rendell for that. That's just not accurate. Uh, the money was lost because the Congress did not want to spend any more federal stimulus money the program came to an end, the federal stimulus money came to an end, and that money had been used by Ed Rendell for public schools. So Governor Corbett was faced with a choice. Do I make up this federal money through rearranging the priorities of the state, or do I just let the cut go through? And he let the cut go through. That was a policy choice, and every time I've talked to Tom Wolf about that, he says, look, you know, the governor could have tried to find money somewhere else. He could have put a tax on Marcellus Shale, natural gas. He could have found other areas to cut in order to give money to public schools. So, he, And this is Wolf talking. Wolf will say he made the wrong choice, and he has to live with it. And, and of course, as you know, Tom Wolf has tried to make a huge issue out of this. Yeah, yeah he has. And... It, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out on election day. Outside of the governor's races, John, the two most interesting things I think that are going to happen this election cycle take place both in the Senate, the U.S. Senate and the Pennsylvania Senate. Both are, are kind of up for grabs. 
where do you think each Senate is going to, uh, to, to end up at the end of, of election day? Well, let's first uh, focus on the state Senate, where we have half, 25 of the 50 state Senate seats. Right now, it's 27 Republicans to 23 Democrats. So it doesn't take a whole lot of switching to uh, even it up or to give the Democrats control. There are no, in this region, in our region, the seats that are really being battled are two. One is a race between incumbent Democrat uh, Tim Salabai, Senator Tim Salabai, a Democrat, who is being opposed by Cameron Bartolotta, a Republican. That is a very big battle. Uh, I think California University is in that particular district. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in that district. Um, certainly close to it. It's quite close. I know Pete Daly's out this way. Well, he's your state. That's a state rep. That's state. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, for Senate. You're right. So yeah. this is state Senate, and uh, I think uh, California PA is Under in him. that district. But there's another big race, and that's another one where a state senator is retiring, a Democrat, and the battle is between a Democratic state rep named Deb Kula and her Republican opponent, uh, Pat Stefano. That mm-hmm. race has gotten very dirty, very negative on TV. Uh, that district includes Fayette County and parts of, uh, uh, I think, uh, Somerset and, and Westmoreland. Uh, so that's also down in the Mon Valley area as well. So you've got two very competitive state Senate races. The key here, Brian, is that the Democrats need to win both seats. They hold them now. They need to continue to hold them if they're going to have a shot of taking over the state Senate, because control of the state Senate will depend on some battles back in the Philadelphia area where some Republicans are thought to be vulnerable. Um, I personally think it's very tough for the Democrats this year to take control of the state Senate. I don't think it's going to happen, uh, but uh, clearly it cannot happen if the two seats in this region. If Deb Kula loses and Tim Salabai loses, there's no way Democrats are going to take control of the state Senate. In Washington, of course, it's a very different picture. We're talking about at least the 10 U.S. Senate seats that are up for grabs. Nobody's quite sure where they're going to go or how they're going to go. And these states do not include Pennsylvania. We do not have a U.S. Senate race this year. We will in 2016 when Pat Toomey is up for re-election, but this year we don't ha- we're not involved. And um, so they're, all eyes are really on states like uh, Arkansas and Louisiana and Georgia and Colorado and Iowa. I mean, there's just all kinds of states that are uh, really up for grabs. New Hampshire is another one. Uh, people are just watching these carefully to see whether or not the Republicans can pick up the seats that a lot of people think they're going to do and uh, win the U.S. Senate. And what we'll talk about is on uh, the 11th, again, Tuesday, November 11th, will be our uh, analysis at, uh, at CalU. And, and I think what we're going to, we'll end up talking a lot about what happened, why it happened, and what it means, both in terms of public policy in the next Congress and also as a setup to the 2016 presidential election always great fun. I, I, I always enjoy doing this. I really appreciate uh, Dr. Blumberg uh, inviting us to come to Cal U and, 
and uh, appreciate the students. I've met a lot of wonderful students who have uh, come to the, this particular program. There you go. So it's a can't-miss event. It's uh, free. It's 7 p.m. November 11th, not the 16th. If you're, if you're looking at the CalU homepage and you see that this event is on November 16th, it's actually on the 11th, room 110 at the Everly Science and Technology Center right at the edge of campus. John, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure, and I look forward to having you on again sometime. Well, Brian, anytime, just uh, let me know. I'm happy to join you. Have a good, have a good one now. There you go. There he goes, John Delano on 91.9 WCAL.